Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We've been speaking on Down with the King, and our theme this year has been Kingdom Come. We're not building the church, we're building the kingdom. It's not about CWC, it's not about religion, it's about building the kingdom. Jesus spoke more about the kingdom than he did the church. He did say, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But it was the kingdom that it was God's purpose. Everything was about bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. But we can't talk about the kingdom without talking about the king. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be speaking about the king. And about two weeks ago, we started this series, and i got to tell you, it was one of the hardest times that I've ever had in trying to preach the Word. I've never struggled so much in trying to prepare a message, because how do you explain the unexplainable? How, How do you describe the indescribable? How can a finite mind try to explain the infinite God? How can you break down? And begin to describe the God that with one word spoke the word and all the world came into order. Where there was nothing with one thought, all of a sudden everything we've seen came about. Stephen Hawking, probably one of this world's greatest minds, recently made the statement that he doesn't believe in God, that he is now an atheist. Because he cannot comprehend, he cannot answer some questions about God. And that the human mind should have the ability to reason everything. I got something to to tell this genius. That you cannot explain from your mind a God that created that mind. How do you expect the creation to try to explain the creator? There are times that that's how great he is, that he is so big that if I try to explain to you how big my God is, I might leave something out. And that's why God said when he told the children of Israel, let there be no graven images before me. Don't you attempt to try to capture me with a picture. Don't you dare try to capture me with an idol because whatever you come up with in your mind of me, will steal glory from me. Because he's inexplainable. I want you to notice as you stand with me and turn your Bibles to, I'm going to go over two scriptures to launch this. Exodus chapter 3 and John chapter 8. I want to talk to you about my king for a moment. We're going to be quick this morning because I know you're hungry. I want to take time to introduce to you our God. Exodus chapter 3, we find Moses is having a conversation with the burning bush where God has called him to go and set the children of Israel free. And this is his conversation. Moses asked God, who shall I say sent me? And Moses is, God's response to him is here. And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, I am sent me unto you. Everyone say, I am. 
I want you to look at John chapter 8, verse 58. It says this, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. And they're beginning to question when Jesus tells them, Abraham, look forward to my day. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And the Pharisee says, well, what are you talking about? You're not even 50 years old. And then Jesus responds with this. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, or truth, truth, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. I am. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to do me a favor. Turn to the person to your left or to your right and ask them what their name is. Now, if you're the husband, don't say, what's my name? Y'all take care of that later, okay? The power of a name. I will need you to understand the power of a name. That a name more than describes an identification. The name describes the character, the potential, and the prominence of an individual. And so when we name our children, we take time to figure out what that name means. Because we don't want by accident to give a name to our children that doesn't mean something very nice. And in the Old Testament, whenever they named a child, that name wasn't just a mom. That name was a prophetic declaration of what that child shall become. That's why when 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 when, uh, when Abraham's uh, or actually wasn't Abraham, it was uh, Jacob has a son and his wife dies while giving birth to her son. She calls him Ben Onai, son of my sorrow. But, but, but uh, Israel said this, I am not going to allow my son to go through life being known as son of my sorrow. Every time I come, Ben and I come here, son of my sorrow, sorrowful kid, the kid that pains my heart, the kid that broke my heart, the kid that messed up. I don't want my kid to be known as that. So Jacob changes the name of his son from Ben Onai to Benjamin, which meant son of my right hand, son of power, son of authority, son of glory. And so I need you to understand, listen very carefully, every father, every man in this house, God gave man, gave Adam the authority to name all the animals in the garden. He gave Adam the ability to name and ascribe identity to every animal in the garden of Eden. And even to give an identity to his wife. Come on, somebody. Eve didn't name herself, Adam did. Adam called her Eve, mother of all creation. And it doesn't say whether God agreed with it or not. He just said whatever Adam calls it, that's its name. Gentlemen, be careful what you call your family. Because whatever comes out of your mouth, that's the identity that your your wife, your children become known as. Say it again, pastor. Watch what comes out of your mouth towards your family. Because you are giving prophetic declarations over your family with the words that you speak. Well, you don't know, I just got mad. Well, when you get mad, bite your tongue then because you don't want to prophesy doom over your family. None of us would ever name our kids stupid. 
Yet we do so every time we get angry and we start yelling at them. You are declaring something over their life. No one would ever name their kid dumb. But whenever we get angry and we lose control, we start treating our kid children like they're dumb. You got to be careful because there's a power in the names that we use. Man, I got quiet up in here. You were just laughing with me a little while ago. Yeah, what's what's my name? What's my, who's your daddy? Oh, that's a different sermon. That's a different sermon. But the power of a name, that there are many names that we have, and those names that that you might have one name, but you know what? Uh, I have many names because I have many roles. Uh, To my mom, I'm son or mijo. Mijo lindo. I'm just kidding. She don't call me that. She just calls me mijo. And little, little SH uh, when I was growing up, too. She's going to listen to this later on, and you know you called me that. She says she didn't, but she knows she did. But to some, I'm a pastor. I'm your pastor. To others, I'm a teacher. To some, I'm a counselor. To, uh, to some, I'm a mentor. To many, I'm a friend. To others, I'm a co-laborer. But, but to, to very few, I'm a son. To, to, to very few, I'm a father. But to only one, I'm a husband and a lover. So your name is that although I might be Dan, when when I come in, my wife doesn't call me Pastor Dan. That'd be weird. She calls me babes. Because our name gives a a part of our character. It, it, It identifies you. But when we talk about God, come on somebody, when we talk about God, that there's not one name that contains who God is. I shared with you a couple weeks ago about Elohim, the creator God, the self sufficient one, that God Almighty. But I need you to understand that not one name contains who God is. Do you understand there's over 80 compound names to describe the character, the identity, the, 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 the character of who God is? Over 80 compound names. Jehovah Nisi, my God, my banner, my altar. Jehovah Shammah, the God, my God, my ever-present God. Jehovah Ra, my God, the good shepherd. Jehovah uh, Zikanu, my God, my righteousness. Jehovah... Uh, Jehovah, let's see, Jireh, Jehovah, uh, he, he is my God, my provider. And so I need you to understand, catch this, okay? Follow me on this. God is not good at healing. He is healing. He's not good at providing. He is provision. He's not good at giving peace. He is peace. So if I get God, now, oh, you, you got to grab a hold of this. If I'm missing out on healing in my life and sickness is overrunning me, if I get more of God, I get more of healing. If I'm battling with depression, if I get more of God, I get more peace. Oh, come on, somebody got to grab this right now. And so when we talk about God, we talk about his nature and that every single one of his names reveal another part of his character. Ooh, that was deep. So Elohim we shared, but I want to talk to you about the second name. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere. Genesis chapter 2. 
Verse 4 and 5, it says, And these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In that day, the Lord God, everyone say Lord God, made the heavens and the earth. So now we are introduced for the first time in the book of Genesis, a new name. And that name is Lord. And if you look in the, in the King James Version, it's capital L. O, capital O, capital R, capital D. It's all capitalized. And in the Hebrew contents, it was put together as the word that we know today is Y-H-W-H. The Jews didn't even pronounce the word because it was too holy. In fact, they changed the word in order for them to be able to speak the word. It was such a holy word that we've come to know it as Yahweh. How many have heard that term, Yahweh? It's been trans transformed into Jehovah. And from Jehovah in the New Testament, it's Adonai. It talks about the Lord. Everyone say Lord. Lord. And so when we talk about it, it's used over 6,800 uh, 6, times in the Old Testament. And it is a personal name of God. I want you to understand that God doesn't want you to know him just as a creator. He wants you to know him personally. He wants you to know him intimately. He doesn't want you just to know him as a creator, but he wants to know you. In fact, I would submit to you that God wants to know you more than you want to know him. God wants to be in your presence more than you want to be in his. Why? That's why he went through all this thing called earth for you. He loves you. And so that word Yahweh was such a holy, it was redemptive. It's a covenant keeping. And so when you say Jehovah Jireh, you are saying covenant. I have a covenant with you to provide for you. When I say Jehovah Shalom, I'm saying, I have a covenant with you to be your peace. That God is entering into a covenant with you. Come on, somebody. That word Lord, that recognizing Satan doesn't mind you recognizing God as creator. He doesn't want you to recognize him as Lord. It's okay. Uh, you know, we, we, big bang theory, whatever. We don't mind him recognizing God as creator. I just don't want you to recognize God as Lord. I don't want you submitting your life to God. I don't want you operating recognizing that you are responsible to somebody, that there is someone that is responsible. And I want you to understand something. Many of us, especially men, have a hard time with the lordship of God because we got this. I got this. But I want you to notice something about lordship. Lordship means rulership. Lordship means rulership. Now follow me. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. God is the ultimate ruler. He is in charge. Say it again, Pastor. God is in charge, which means this. When you know his character, it builds confidence in who he is. If you, some of you are afraid to submit yourself to God because you don't know his character. That all you think is judgment. You're missing out on the love, the mercy, the grace. And that when I know God's character, I have no problem in coming under his covering. I'm not afraid of him. He loves me. Secondly, lordship implies ownership. I need you to grab this. You don't own the things you think you own. God gave man access, not ownership, to the world. So everything you think you own, suavecito, <laughs> Pontiac, 
That's my car, that's my, that's my hoopty out there. Now, God has entrusted you with that. It's not my house. It's not my car. It's not my, it's not my family. God has entrusted me with these things. All of it belongs to God. And whenever God wants it, he can have it. Why? Because when I show that I'm willing to recognize he's Lord over all of it, then God is free to bless me with more because he knows I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to hurt it. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. See, you can't outgive God. The last thing I want you to know about lordship is that lordship implies responsibility. Oh, you're going to catch this. See, when, when, when I'm in charge, I got to take care of everything. But when he's Lord, he has to take care of everything. And so when a bill comes in, God, you got this. Car breaks down, God, you got this. The washing machine goes out, God, your washing machine went out. Because it's not mine. It's his. And God don't deal in junk. He don't deal in things broken down. He don't deal with things duct taped together. And so when something happens, my house is not a house. It's the embassy of heaven. That is a representation of heaven. And everything that happens in that house is God's responsibility. So if something breaks down, if I own it, who has to fix it? Me. But if it belongs to God... Who's responsible for fixing it? See, I need you to understand something today. That when we know God, really means that we get to know who we are as well. When you come to know who God is, you'll come to recognize who you are. Many of us are living right now in bondage. You're living right now in addictions. You're living right now in, in lack. You're struggling with sickness. You're battling in your marriage. You're fighting with your kids. You're struggling in your job. You're, you're, you feel like there's no purpose in your life. You get up, go to work, go to sleep, come home, do it all over again. And there's no purpose to life. You'll never know who you are until you recognize who he is. You were created for more. In the movie Legend of, of Hercules, and I know it's mythical. I know it's about myths. But I need you to understand something about this thing called Hercules. He was the son of God. He was literally birth of God, Zeus. But until he came to recognize, ah, you guys came out too early, huh? Next time, wait till I call y'all. I got this. I do this for a living. All right? Oh, Lord, I love this. I love this place. But it wasn't until he was an average man until he accepted who his father was. Take a look at this. Your name shall be Hercules. You are not the son of Amphitryon. I swear upon my love for you. You are Hercules, gift of Hera, son of Zeus. You must accept who you are. 
Only then can you unlock the doors to your own potential. Embrace your father and you will discover powers that you never imagined. Father! You guys can start taking your places now. When you realize who your father is, it releases the power that is inside you, that you were created for, that you recognize that although your daddy may be from earth, that you have a heavenly father that created you, that had you in mind, that brought you into being with the power, with the purpose. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I want you to know that in the book of Exodus, when Moses comes face to face with the burning bush and he says, who shall I say sent me? He tells him, I am has sent you. That word I am is Yahweh. It's from the, the, the root word of Yahweh, which which means he is. I am whatever you need today, whatever you need. And if we take a look and I were to take you through the word of God from the book of Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation, you will find that God is revealed in every single book as an answer to every problem, every situation and every circumstance. He is your answer. He is your redemption. He is your God. And I need you to understand that my God still is. He still is God. And I need you to recognize this as, as, I, as I bring this together. That my crisis doesn't remove who God is. So many times we go through struggles, we go through crises in life. And we get frustrated and we get mad at God that our Crisis doesn't match up with who he says he is. But I need you to grab a hold of this this morning. That my crisis doesn't remove who God is. It magnifies who God is. Oh, you got to capture that. You got to capture that. What am I telling you? My problem's not a problem. It's an opportunity for another part of God's character to be revealed to me. Every problem found in the Old Testament gave the children of Israel another opportunity to find out another name of God. Are you struggling today? Are you going through a battle today? Do you find yourself struggling in a marriage? Do you find yourself struggling in finances? Are you sick in your body? I need you to understand that every circumstance that you face today is an opportunity for God to reveal another part of his character in your life. That's why you're going through what you're going through. That's why you're struggling with what you're struggling with because God wants to reveal himself to to you in that manner. That whatever you go through this week, that you would recognize that no matter what you face, that he still is.
He's sovereign, Ezra, a true and faithful scribe. And Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and lives. And Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, the timeless redeemer. In Psalms, he is our morning song. In Proverbs, wisdom's cry. Ecclesiastes, the time and season. In the song of Solomon, he is the lover's dream. He is, he is, he is. In Isaiah. Thank you. 
if you would just bow your heads right where you are. I need you to know he still is. He still is. And whatever your circumstance might be right now, he still is. Are you in need of a healer? He still is. Sister Carol, he's still a healer. He can still heal the sick. We declare healing over your body. Oh, we speak it now. We declare that he is still a healer, Harold. He's still a healer. That's who he is. He is Yahweh. He is I am. He is. Whatever you need, I am. Whatever your situation, are you battling in your marriage? He is still the counselor. He is still the great, the, the great mediator. He is God Almighty. And I'm here to let you know this morning that if you don't know my king, I want to introduce him to you this morning. If you have yet to surrender to my king, you belong to any other kingdom. You got to take care of yourself. But when you're in the king of king's kingdom, he takes care of everything for you. He's the one that is responsible for you. It's not just coming and joining a religion. It's changing kingdoms, walking out of the kingdom of darkness, stepping into the kingdom of light. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.